Do you want to learn about multifamily investing, but you just don't know where to start? You think you're too new. You think it's too overwhelming. Well, I have the event for you. It's called Multifamily Live, and it's happening this June 10th, 11th, and 12th, a three-day event. And best of all, guys, it's virtual. You don't have to worry about, can I shake hands? Do I have to get on a plane? What's it mean? Am I afraid of COVID? None of that stuff. It's virtual. You can do it from your home. It's a three-day event, and this event is really about teaching you how to invest in multifamily real estate. They want you to know how to achieve the, quote, quit your job passive income, right? By investing in large multifamily properties. Even if you're a new investor or if you're an experienced investor and you want to get into multifamily, this is the event you cannot miss. Guys, go and get your tickets now before they're gone. It's June 11th, I'm sorry, June 10th, 11th, and 12th this coming June. It's going to be amazing. I know the folks putting this on. I have talked to all of them. I know about their businesses. These are the smartest multifamily people in the nation. You must go get your tickets if you're interested in multifamily live before the ticket prices go up. As it gets closer to the event, it's going to go up. Here's how you get them. Go to bestrealestateevent.com. That's bestrealestateevent.com. Go check it out. Even if you're not sure, just go to the site. Check it out. See if it looks like it's for you and grab your tickets now. All right, guys, let's get on to it. I think anybody who is in real estate that doesn't invest in it is is a it's a big waste. It's a waste for them. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I'm happy to have you here. It's exciting to know that you're listening and that you're going to benefit greatly from this show. I always want to bring you the best content. And today I have another good one. I think this is going to be helpful for you. Uh, definitely someone who came far from real estate to have success in real estate. Actually, he started as a uh, as a fighter. He boxed and then uh, he got involved in MMA and went professional and had success there. And then, you know, as would happens with any athlete, time Time becomes a factor and you get a little older and you have to move on. And he did and he went into real estate and he's crushing it in real estate. Started off as, as a realtor, still a realtor, uh, but he has a real estate investing company that he's building. It's a buy and hold. Really cool story. Very humble upbringings. Fought, literally fought his way to the top and uh, continues to crush it in real estate to this very day. It was a fun conversation and very inspirational. Guys, this is a fun guy, like I said, highly awarded, by the way, in real estate. He is a highly awarded real estate investor. So uh, I'm sorry, real estate agent and investor, and he knows his stuff. And uh, he also has a podcast. So you should check that out. It's called the Learn to Earn Podcast. We talk a little bit about that at the end. Uh, guys, without any further ado, I give you Tim Stout. All right, Tim, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate your time and welcome to Just Start Real Estate. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. We, we have a mutual friend that uh, suggested that we get together and collaborate on this show, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know you've had a lot of success. We were talking before we jumped here on live uh, about some things you've done like in your past, some successes and things and that you were into. We'll get into that a little bit because I have a, a fascination about that kind of thing too. Um, but a lot of success in real estate, you've highly awarded um, 
in in your field. So I want to get into all that, but let's let's go back because I'm I'm really curious to find out more about the origin story. Uh, I'll tip the hat a little bit here and, and tip the cards, I should say. And uh, you did some professional MMA fighting, so I'd like to kind of ask you some questions about that. But let's go back before even that. Like, what was your life like uh, as a kid? growing up? And then what did you do as a young adult as you were getting into MMA? Maybe that was what you did as a young adult, but let's let's talk about that. Okay. I'm from a small town in East Tennessee, uh, Mountain City, like one high school, one middle school, three red light town. <laughs> uh, grew up uh, poor, I mean, I would say, because I had me, a couple brothers, a sister, and a mom and dad who lived in an 800 square foot house. Uh, always, you know, lots of love, never did without, but there's never anything extra. Yeah. So I always grew up wanting more. Uh, I quit high school because I was, I was pursuing fighting cause I was, I was you know doing really good as a boxer. And, uh, so I, I was working full time, got into boxing and, uh, after retiring from boxing as, as an amateur, I never went professional. I got into some tough man tournaments and I did several of those. And then from there I was managing a detention center as I was uh, the juvenile detention center, as I was uh, training to go professional and I had a pretty good stint professionally. And then I moved to Georgia about 12 years ago. Okay. Uh, A couple things, personal stuff. I I don't know about you. Are you, are you married or single? I'm married. I've been married married uh, over 10 years. Okay. I don't know how old. Oh, I do know how old you are. Okay. So you weren't married when you were fighting. Is that accurate? Or were you actually married when you were fighting? Uh, The last couple of years I was married. Okay. Uh, was that a, was she a fan of that or was she at all the reason why maybe you said, let's, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not worth it. I have more to lose now. Or how how did that go? Uh, she, she was supportive. She, she's always supported anything I've did, uh, with, uh, once I got married, I mean, I I really lost the urge to want to hurt somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she domesticated me or not, but I was, a very aggressive fighter. Like my job was to hurt people. And in my last couple of fights, I didn't have that. Yeah. And it was after we got married. And I think that just went away. She let the lion in the house and it became domesticated. <laughs> That's funny. So feeding me friskies. Yeah. So how, how, uh, I mean, MMA is pretty, pretty brutal. I know you shared with me before we got, we went, we went live here that you did some martial arts and stuff too. What are your thoughts? This is totally outside of real estate, but I'm just curious. I just ask questions that I want to know. What are your thoughts on, like, when you watch, if you do watch, do you watch MMA? Do you watch boxing? And which one do you get more enjoyment watching? Um, definitely MMA, but I watch both. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Um, so let's, let's, okay, let's go a little bit forward here. I could stay in the MMA world the entire time we're talking, but that's not why people are tuned in. Let's talk about why. So what takes a person from MMA and having their job be to hurt people to, into real estate? How, how did that transition happen? What made you go toward real estate? Once I retired from fighting, uh, I still remember the call. So I retired in the ring in, in Colorado. I, I had just lost a fight that I shouldn't have lost to. And so I, I talking to my coach and talking to my wife and I was like, I'm done. I'm retiring. And, uh, Okay, and the next day, and like you know, my wife's like, "Well, well, what are you going to do?" And I was like, "I'm going to be in sales. I've always been the hardest worker in the room. I've always did more than everybody else." And and people can't help that I'm in a production line at a factory, and I'm the hardest worker, and I want to be the hardest worker. I want to do the best. It's just in my DNA. Yeah. And uh, 
but I didn't know what I wanted to sell. And, and one day that I met a couple of agents, uh, owned uh, several small businesses, but at that time I owned a MMA, I still own the MMA gym. There was a couple of real estate agents come in while I was teaching a cardio kickboxing class. And uh, they were successful from what I could see, uh, nice cars, nice, nice clothes, you know, all, all that stuff, what looks like from success from the outside. Yeah. And I realized really quick that they had a uh, very bad work ethic. And so, and I texted my wife at that second and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sell real estate. Yeah. If these jokers can do it. That's, she's like, do you think you can sell real estate? I said, I don't think I'm going to have to do so many sales. I, said, I just got to work harder than they do. And she's like, you'll do that so i like it it's it's that old analogy i I don't if you're being chased by a bear you don't have to be the fastest person you just have to be faster than the slowest person right so you just want to be faster than those those yahoos who didn't appear to be working too hard um so when you got into real estate was it a natural fit for you did you struggle at all did it did it feel like something that you could immediately excel at uh helping people is is naturally to me because i really enjoy that like wait a minute hold on a second tim (laughs) <laughs> you you hurt people for 40 years or whatever, 35 years, and then you tell me that helping people came natural to you? How did that happen? I hurt people who either deserve it <laughs> or they want to hurt me too. So. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But helping people has always been like what I've really been passionate about. Yeah. So so selling real estate was a natural thing. And I, I think the first six months, seven, eight months, I sold like 16 houses, which was more a lot more than the average agent. And, and I remember talking to my wife because I originally just wanted to sell one house a month and I could save a little, we could go on vacation. Maybe we could invest some Mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to run my gym full time. And then, you know, it got into where I was, I figured, I figured out I had a, I had a knack for it. Yeah. So So we decided full time. Do you still run the gym by the way? I'm still part owner of the gym. I teach, Monday and Friday, a uh, jujitsu class, and on Wednesday, I train the police department. Okay. Um, so, in real estate, you went the agent route. Are you still an agent? Is that your primary like mode of, of being in real estate, or do you invest at all personally? I am. I, I am an agent. Uh, I've not been in sales uh, almost three years. Okay. And uh, I am a. I'm a avid investor. Investing is one of my probably my, one of my biggest passions right now. Okay. Let's talk about that. So, um, not all agents become investors and not all investors are agents for that matter. What made you interested in the investing? I think I know, but I don't put words in your mouth. What was the part of investing that appealed to you? I think anybody who is in real estate that doesn't invest in it is, is a, it's a big waste. It's a waste for them. Yeah. Uh, real estate will stop for everybody one day, but that means the money will stop also. Uh, real estate investing, it's, I mean, there's, there's the only investment you can make where somebody else pays your own debt. Uh, it's the only one that always appreciates over time so far. And uh, it's just, it's allowed me to be able to, uh, to accumulate a, a pretty good net worth. Because when you buy $100,000 in stock, you spend $100,000, I can buy $100,000 in real estate and pay 20. Yeah. So it's just, it was just a, a natural aha for me. Yeah. I like that. What kind of investing and is it flipping? Is it buying hold? What what is it that you're most interested in? I'm mostly interested in buying hold because you can't retire from flipping. Uh, but I have I flipped one five years ago and I do regret it because I did sell it. So right now I have 14 doors, an office building, and my personal property, my personal house. Yeah. And I just closed on one yesterday that I will be flipping. 
and I'll be flipping it mainly because it has a great amount of equity in it at the deal I was able to get it. Yeah, I think that's smart. Um, so the office, you said an office building you have in your portfolio as well? Yes, the yeah. office building where my team is, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you're the, you, are you the only tenant or are you just one of the tenants? No, there's a, uh, a brokerage downstairs. Okay, cool. Okay, good. That, that's good. I've, somebody told me, I don't have commercial in my portfolio, but somebody told me recently that the best way to invest in commercial is you be your own tenant so you don't have to worry about vacancies. Because right now in the world that we're in, there's a lot of people going virtual. There's a lot of companies that are deciding they don't need they don't need walls and doors and desks, you know, they can let their folks work from home. So it, commercial right now makes me a little bit nervous personally, unless of course I'm the tenant that I know I have control over that. So <clears throat> you have 14 doors now. What is like, what do you, what your, what are your goals going forward? What do you want to be in this industry? What, what's the end game, I guess, is another way of saying it. A uh, short-term goal uh, from November to November, this past November to this November, I want to buy eight properties out of the same HELOC uh, without costing me any money. I am three doors in now. I've, I've purchased and, and been able to repay myself back on the refinance, so I'm zero money in. Uh, at the end goal, I would love to be making fifty dollars to $75,000 a month. Okay. Now, when you say you're paying yourself back from a HELOC, is that like the Burr method by? Absolutely. Gotcha. Yes, okay. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And you're right. I never really, it's crazy. I've interviewed, it seems like a thousand people at this point. I've never heard anyone say it the way that you did. And I kind of liked it. And I think people should think about this for a minute. Real estate is the only investment where, unlike a stock, you can buy $100,000 worth of it, but only spend $20,000. And in some cases, pay yourself back everything, right? Like you're talking about. When you buy a stock, you have to give them $100,000 you know, worth of the stock. So that's a really cool way of thinking about it. I never thought about it that way, but it's so true. What would you say to people? Because I, I get the sense, I, I love talking to athletes for the the reason is, is they have a will never, you know, never give up, never say die. Nothing's going to stop me. I, I like that mentality. What would you say to people who say, oh, I want to be in real estate. I want to be an investor. I want to whatever. But, you know, I just, the, the market's bad. I, it's hard to borrow money. Like prices are too high. What, all these excuses of somebody making right now, what would you say to someone who's like holding off because they think it isn't the right time? I'm going to tell them in, in 2031, we're sitting on New Year's. We're drinking some champagne. We're celebrating the New Year's coming in. Me and you are going to be having the same conversation. We'd wish we had bought every absolute piece of property we come across in 2021. Real estate is the most forgiving asset class out there. You can make a bad purchase, hold it long enough, and it's profitable. It just it doesn't happen with any other thing. Stocks hit the floor, you, you lose everything. Yeah. Most investments and businesses, the same thing. If they run poorly, they hit the floor. But real estate well, has always appreciated over time. And... I think the conversation that me and that person would have is like, I wish we'd have bought everything I looked at in 2021 because even in 2007, right before the big disruption, I mean, home prices are thousands of dollars above what it was then. Yeah. It would have been a profitable uh, then. Yeah. Uh, real estate is so forgiving. It's okay to make a bad decision. It's okay to, it's okay to overpay for a property if you're making cash flow. Yeah. If everything is getting paid and it's appreciating and somebody else is paying down your debt, good. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the biggest risk in life is risking regretting when you're old and it's sort of too late. Like that regret, 
that gets me up in the morning. It pushes me forward when I'm not feeling it that day. Like I never want to say what, what if, what if I would have just tried, right? So regrets way worse than any perceived fear you have. And like you said, you know, if you, it's a funny thing is if you look at a graph of real estate and you zoom in like micro, you'll see it go up and then it go down below what it was when it went up and you go see real estate, you can lose money. But then if you pan out to your point, if you pan out, it, it went up and down, but the, the, the overall graph is just going up, right? But along that line, it just, there's ups and downs, but it's always up in the long term. So totally good point, right? And just to kind of like really use hyperbole, a, the worst purchase on earth in 1960, 1970, 1980, the worst purchase on earth is the smartest purchase on earth in 2021, right? You just, it will come back and, and correct itself to your point. It's so forgiving over time. Now, if you're playing this in a one to two year window, you could make mistakes. It, you know, it's not, not always a great time to buy, but you know, if, unless you're 80, if you're in this for the long term, you know, you, you just, just need to get out there and do it because regret sucks. So absolutely, regret's the only emotion you can't do anything about. Totally. Absolutely. I, if you're happy, I can smack you. If you're sad, I can give you a thousand dollars. Like no matter what happens in life, I can fix any emotion except regret. That's the one that you can't do anything about. Yep. Yeah. Because it's that tricky thing. Time, right? Time doesn't come back around. You don't get it back when it's gone. It's gone. So if you did something you regret or didn't worse, didn't do something that you regret, that's it, man. It's all over with. Now I'm looking here at, I, I won't read them because I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm looking at a list of all these awards and, and designations and things that you've gotten highly, highly awarded in real estate. What is it that keeps you motivated? What, what keeps you going forward? I want to be able to create more for, for my family. I want to be able to give back, give back more to the agents that I work with, uh, Creating agents that I work with, I've got uh, I've got about twenty people on my team, and it's it's my responsibility for every person on my team that I, I allow them to see success at whatever they see success. I uh, I introduce them to real estate investing. I allow them to understand how this works, how they can create a better life for themselves, and and the impact I get to leave on those guys are what matters to me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know on your. Uh... I don't know if you do it on your, I think on your podcast, you do this, you discuss books that have impacted you books that you really, really like. Um, I think that people who are high achievers almost always are consumers of books, whether it's audio or whether they're reading it or whatever. It's all about like education. All successful people I know take a huge, uh, put a huge value on education in whatever form. And a lot of times that is books. Talk about, if you don't mind, maybe give us some examples of books that have changed your life or that you think have the potential to change people's lives who are listening. I think one of the number one things to that book that will change your life is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's, I mean, you hear it all the time. This is the one book, the one book, but that is phenomenal in changing your mindset about the way you look at uh, as assets and liabilities and, and what money is and what it can do. Yeah. Uh, I did, I did that one on my podcast. Uh, Start with why is a good one. Anything Simon Sinek does is really good. Uh, I just did the uh, uh, Never Split the Difference with Chris Voss. Very That's good. a great one for negotiating. It's books. I've probably read four to 500 in the last eight years. You know, I really enjoy reading. I spend thousands of dollars a year on coaching and personal development classes, seminars, and, and, 
anything I can do to improve myself to your point that uh, leaders are readers. And it's, it's really important that you're, you're always, when you quit educating yourself, you're giving somebody else an advantage in your market Yeah, and somebody will take advantage of it soon enough. Have you read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink? Absolutely. That was the first, that was my first podcast. That was book one. That was a great book. It is a great book. I I believe that a hundred percent. I hate people who make excuses. I don't hate them. I highly dislike people who make excuses and and multiply victim and everything. And it's, and that book, I mean, it's, there's no victims. It's, it's you, it's your fault, no matter what it is. If, and it's, you got to fix it. Yep. And I always tell people, if you have a, a team of people who all completely embrace that philosophy and all of them refuse to blame anybody. And and maybe more importantly, all of them are willing and, and will take responsibility for anything that goes wrong and they'll fix it. Like there's no stopping that team. Nobody can stop that team because it's, it's full of winners and people who won't point fingers. And I think as soon as you get a bunch of people taking responsibility for everything, <sighs> sky's the limit. And talk about a change when I'm at a staff meeting and I'm talking to a an agent who didn't hit their, didn't hit their limit, didn't, didn't hit something. And you can tell they're feeling at fault. And I apologize to them. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't educate you enough. I didn't give you enough value for you to be able to do that. This is my fault. And people would be super surprised that the, what that does to somebody else. Yeah. It, it allows, they want to now achieve that because now they feel like they're letting me down. Yeah. It's, I think it's, you know, to your point, all, all leaders and, and they have to accept full responsibility of everything that happens in their organization or they don't need to be leading it. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had them and I'm sure a lot of people listening have had bosses or managers, whatever, who would just blame everybody in the world. They blame their people. They blame their man, whatever they'll blame, blame, blame. Nobody respects that person. I mean, nobody respects that person. So, you know, having a, having a leader that is willing to take responsibility and truly believes that they are at fault for what goes on in their organization, I think not only is good leadership, but it also makes the people that work for and with them very, very loyal and willing to also step up and raise their hand and say, I, I could have done something better. Because there's nothing worse than watching someone take the blame for something you feel is really your fault, right? So you you take you take responsibility for that. You know, pretty soon you got people on the team going, no, 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 no. I, I think that this is really more on me. I should have, you know, and it's like this, everyone wants to take responsibility, which is weird in in most companies. That's not what happens. Yeah, and the people who, who want to take responsibility, they, they need to take ownership in, the, in correcting it. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing too with the whole team they're like man this is my fault my fault it's like okay how do we fix it yeah it becomes we issue and not a you issue totally what are your thoughts on what's happening in the world uh the coronavirus uh, i think people are expecting still expecting it to impact real estate what do you think is going to happen i know you don't have a crystal ball we're not making like predictions that people should start putting money on but in your experience in your opinion what do you think might happen over the next 12 to 24 months uh with the market or real estate in general? With the real estate market specifically. Uh, the real estate market, it's going to uh, it's going to have to even out. I say, well, we'll see a few foreclosures from all these forbearances and things that are going on. It won't be enough to upset the market because we are at such a deficit nationally. Like I coach clients. I've got them in California, North Carolina, everywhere. I've got, I've got a team in Tennessee, a brokerage in Tennessee and, and in Georgia. So I get to see we're at a listing deficit almost everywhere except a lot of the metropolitan cities. And I think a lot of that will maybe boost inventory a little bit, but as interest rates rise, 
I think a lot of people will be less likely to move uh, with inflation setting in. I think we'll see less appreciation, which is going to cut out people moving every two years. Yeah. That should help with uh, with some uh, some properties being listed. And I think I think it'll normalize. I think it may not get as high as it was in my market. We'd have seven seven hundred fifty houses in the county for sale. Right now, we have two hundred twelve. Yeah. So we're at such a deficit, but I, th- I think it'll start evening out between interest rates and, uh, and inflation, keeping appreciation from happening. Is there anything specific? I know you're a Biden hold investor. Um, are you, and I, and I know we just had this discussion about 10 years from now, New Year's Eve, you, you would wish you had bought everything you could have, but strategically and a little bit more specifically, are you right now looking to buy rentals? I mean, you said you had this goal between November, and November, right? So I think that you are. Is there any part of you that's sort of saying, ah, I want to wait until it kind of levels out a little bit so I can get a little bit better deal? Or are you just like full steam ahead? I don't care. Uh, I'm not worried about the deal right now. I'm worried about someone paying my mortgage and cash flow. Yeah. The number one thing right now, I think with inflation and the, the dollar being printed like it is right now, and if you have $5 in your hand, 20% of it was was printed this last year. Yeah, 20% of every dollar you have is printed this year. I think that's going to cause the dollar to devalue and you need to have your money in assets. You need to have it in gold. You need to have it in real estates and the way it looks, cryptocurrency. <laughs> but definitely, I think you need to have it in a hard asset. And I think your appreciation will happen there and not through the dollar. So holding on to your money will cost you money in the long run. Yeah, I think that's good advice. All right. I think that's also a clean place to stop. Uh, Tim, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate your time. Why don't you tell folks where they can find you if they want to reach out or just see more about what you're up to? What Where can they go to find you? On social media, it's uh, the Tim Stout, T I M S T O U T, and uh, my Learn to Earn podcasts on iTunes and everywhere else. Awesome, great, and we will have that in the show notes, guys. So don't feel like you have to write it down or pull over right now. We'll we'll have it for you there. Go check it out, Tim. Once again, all the luck in the world to you, man. I appreciate you, and uh, good luck in everything you do. And looking forward to seeing your success success in the future. I appreciate you having me. All right, thank you. All right. That was a fun interview. Tim's a good guy. Very cool how he went from the MMA and like he said, hurting people for a living to uh, really finding his passion and helping people. Uh, I had a little fun with that, but uh, I love the message and I think that's important to understand. He approaches this from a helping people first standpoint and could not be more in agreement with that. And if you take it from that angle and that is how you approach this industry, I think you're setting yourself up for success. So that's definitely the way it should be. And I think that uh, you should take that to heart. So guys, get out there and get started. Make today the day that you make everything change for the better. Get out there, start helping people become successful. We'll see you next time. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over 100 a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12-month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just 
start to the number 55444. So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back. And that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it, guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.